You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, the very best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Now, here's your host, high-flying luchador, Nick Hart. Hola, muchas gracias, señores y señoritas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. Yes, that is right. I am your host, Nick Hart, back for another episode. A belated happy Valentine's Day to all you and your, your special someones out there. An early happy Leap Day to everybody. Very excited for the Leap Day game coming up this weekend for the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. Uh, a bit of a delay for us on this episode. A lot of stuff came up in the in-between. We had the Penguins dad's trip that prevented us from getting an episode out that week. And then... Oh, we wanted to record, and then oh, well, there was a big trade. I'm sure you Penguins fans have heard about it at this point. That sort of foiled our plans in the afternoon, but it is my great pleasure to finally have on the Penguins podcast. It took us a while, but we made it work. Penguins forward, Jamie Devan. Jamie, thank you for joining me here. We had to make it happen, and we finally made it come to fruition. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, th thanks for coming on, too. I have to thank you as well for being a, a guest for us on the, the Penguins podcast holiday special. I remember when I roped you in here and sort of tried to explain the concept of what was going on, and you were just kind of like, all right, let's just hit record and see how it goes. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit simpler than that, but still, thank you for doing that, and I guess a, a triumphant return to the podcast for you. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it goes a little better. <laughs> I, I think was it the thinking hat? It was the, the canceled helmet. Canceled helmet. We played a little bit of a Christmas canceled right mm -hmm. there. There will not be a game of canceled this episode. Spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. We have left that in the past, but we have plenty of other things to get to here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast with a one Jamie Devan. Starting with, oh, I wanted to ask you about this, especially last week when we were just coming off of the dad's trip here, but your dad was one of my highlights of the entire weekend. One of my highlights of the entire weekend, only because, well, I shouldn't say only because he was a great guy, but starting with the fact that when you first meet him, it's a little bit jarring because it's not exactly what you're expecting. And I think you know where I'm going with this one. When you're talking to most of these guys, sometimes you're expecting a, maybe a Massachusetts accent or a thick Canadian or Minnesotan accent. Your dad comes a little bit out of left field. Yeah, he, he comes from a little further away. A little bit further away. Yeah. Your dad has uh, a legit, authentic Irish accent. Yeah, he's from uh, the south of Ireland, so uh, from Tipperary. He's got, yeah, he's got a little bit of a. I don't honestly, I don't notice it until um, he gets around uh, his other Irish cronies. And, and it, does it get a little bit thicker too when uh, he's around it, his yeah, cronies? And he picks up the pace, and then I could really hear it. Yeah. Well, that, that's crazy, too, and um, I don't mean to start this podcast talking about someone else, not yourself, <laughs> not that you're not an interesting person, but this was fascinating to me. Your dad, like, came straight from Ireland to Canada, didn't he? Uh, he yeah, he came to uh, – he actually started in the States. He, oh, okay. He started in New York, and he was working for some f uh, dairy farm for Cornell uh, Research or something. Okay. And then he went back to Ireland, and he came back out. To, to Toronto, and he was working at a farm in Toronto, and then he uh, met my mom, and he just kind of stayed. Do you know what year he, he first came over? Oh, I think he said, <laughs> it's funny, I was talking to him, and uh, I was asking him, like, what kind of things he wanted to see in New York, and he said, uh, sure, I was there in 72. 
I was like, oh, a lot's changed since 72. Yeah, so yeah. I, maybe, I think maybe 72. Yeah, I came over when he was 20. It's a bit of a different city. Since, uh, <laughs> in some ways, it hasn't changed at all, and in many ways, it is yeah. completely unrecognizable <laughs> from, from the 70s. But that's great. Do you have a good time with him? Yeah, I know. It was really fun. Yeah, he had a great time. He uh, couldn't believe how much uh, everyone ate. Like, he couldn't <laughs> believe like all the all the food on the bus and the, the meals and how often the meals were. He's usually a, like a tea and bread in the morning and then whatever my mom makes him at night. Yeah, exactly. Guy, but he wasn't used to the three course meals three oh, times a day. I was gonna say you could even some some days it's four course meals if you're <laughs> if you're going out after the game or yeah. something like that, which uh, we did uh, in New York City. Of course, yeah. we weren't we were not gonna let that opportunity go uncapitalized yeah. on uh, a great a great dad's trip, all that stuff. Um, but let me ask you this then: so your dad he comes over from Ireland, and you said he was doing what farming research with with Cornell. So what he's a farm farmer. Yeah, he uh, grew up on a on a farm. So okay, that's that was what he was. That's what he went to school for back in Ireland. And yeah, when he came out here, like that's what he uh, he's a farmhand. Knows his way around the barn. Knows his way around the barn. Yeah. yeah. So how much of that farm knowledge had been bestowed down to you? <laughs> uh, actually, um, I went to Ireland this summer for a wedding okay with the rest of my family and i and uh one morning i woke up to go milk the cows and i, I don't know my way too all around <laughs> i was uh yeah they i got uh all over by the cows <laughs> in the pit so uh yeah it's uh it's a definitely different lifestyle I had to wake up at six to milk them and uh yeah, it's definitely a different way of life. They like. It's it's a little bit different. It's not like yeah. coming to the rink and and getting a breakfast, throwing on your gear, and then you know yeah. getting a good skate in. It's no, a little no, bit different no. when you're beneath the undercarriage <laughs> of a cow. You're in the drop zone, the splash yeah, the zone. Splash zone yeah. yeah, exactly. So a little bit tougher. But uh, when you grew up, did you grow up on a farm? Or no, no, okay. no, no. He uh, he switched to uh, construction, so he was a contractor. And, uh, yeah, no, we lived in a normal house well, in the pretty, suburbs. Pretty handy guy then, though, if he knows his way around the farm and construction, too. Yeah, yeah, he's always he's pretty handy. Well, let me ask you this then. So he comes over from Ireland, comes to the United States, comes to Canada, like you said, meets your mother, mm -hmm. decides to stay, roots himself there. You're born in Canada, and naturally everything in Canada all the time is is hockey. Yeah. So was he a much of a, a hockey guy before that? Whenever you ended up picking up a stick and wanted to skate yourself? Um, I don't know how much he uh, how much he watched. I didn't. I think he actually, I honestly wanted me to play soccer, but my mom got my mom's actually the one who got me into hockey. Really? Yeah. Okay. She was uh, when she found out about the uh, father's trip. She was a little upset. She said <laughs> she was peeved. She, she was wants peeved. a mom's trip. Yeah, she wants a mom's trip. See, she's not the first person to say that, too. She's like, I taught you how to play. I can't even get a mom's show out of here. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm the reason yeah. you've got the stick in your hands right now, and you're leaving me behind and taking <laughs> Dad with you. What is this? Yeah, yeah. took him for Valentine's Day, too. And she <laughs> That's right, yeah. too. Yeah. I know there were, were several uh, mothers that were upset that uh, the Dad's <laughs> trip happened like over Valentine's yeah. Day weekend and sort of uh, foiled some plans otherwise. I'm not sure what that puts the position that dad's in then, the father's. I don't know if that puts them in a position where they feel like pass. I'm off the hook, yeah. pass, or now do you have to go like – Belated Valentine's Day over double, the top. Or you either got to go early or after, and you got to double down. Yeah. Oof. Is it a better or worse situation? Uh, I don't know. Here's yeah. I mean, if, if you're the one that – if you take it as you get off the hook, then you're in a better situation, I guess. 
Here's what I would say. I think I'm going to say it's good because you might have to work double whenever you come back because you missed the actual day. However, there's 0% chance that it's a year where you'll forget Valentine's Day <laughs> because they're going to let you know about it, the fact that you're not going to be there for it. So it's like, oh, I know I have to do something. It's not going to be one of those ones that and you, you can, And you kind of see where the bar is set. You can kind of see how all uh, all her friends and Where the uh, bar is set, yeah. there you go. And then, you yeah. know, if you can go a little higher, a little. Uh, I just, I just bar. get one step ahead of this, yeah, yeah. and then she can brag about that to her. Yeah. Then I've won. Yeah, then you won. I've won. Yeah. There you go. Well, we might have to do a mom's trip sometime soon. It might be on the docket. Um, <laughs> might have to throw that one up the ladder to Jeff Barrett, <laughs> because uh, that was his brainchild a couple years ago. Him and Billy G, Billy Garrett, they wanted to to do a dad's trip, replicate what was going on in the National Hockey League, pulling it off here in the American Hockey League. It's only a matter of time before the the moms get involved too. Yeah, no, that was amazing. That was a I've never uh, in the years I've played, I've never gotten to do that. So that was really cool to be able to do. Yeah, well, speaking yeah, speaking of your 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 playing career, your first year here with the the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins, big body that I know Mike Felucci wanted to to bring in, bring that element to the locker room. You've chipped in on offense more than a handful of times this season for the Pens, but this is your like I said, first season with the Penguins. Last couple of years, you were out in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and I asked. Andrew Agazzino before, hey, is there much of a difference between the Western and Eastern Conference uh, style of play? And he goes, no, it's totally the same. He goes, eh, not a big deal. Maybe the travel's different, but hockey's hockey. But you play a little bit of a different role than Aggie. And you hear people sometimes say that the Western Conference, especially in the American Hockey League, it's more of a rough and tumble game. They still play heavy hockey out there. Mm-hmm. You play a heavy style. Do you think there is a difference between the West and the East? Uh, not too much, actually. I, I, I think it's, uh, that those differences are overblown a little bit. I think they're overblown a little bit. There's, it's stuff I find, uh, I kind of find there's, uh, there's some of the skill out in the East is maybe higher, but like there's, there is a, it is a heavy, like the style that I played in Ontario, it was a very heavy hockey style in San Diego. Like those are two teams that whenever we played, it was a heavy game. Well, that's what I was going to say. Those are the two teams that people always point to and say, yeah. like, they're... But I think it's just those two teams. Okay. But it's not yeah. the West. It's no, yeah, yeah. San Diego and Ontario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a pretty fun rivalry out there, too. I think it might fly a little bit under the radar, especially because out here in the Eastern Conference, you don't play the West that much. And uh, Penguins fans were obviously all obsessed with the rivalry with the Hershey Bears. That goes all the way back to 99. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms just an hour down the turnpike. Those rivalries, you play each other so many times. Mm-hmm. San Diego, Ontario, it's the exact same situation. And I remember there was a playoff series a couple years ago where, one, because they're so close in proximity and because of arena availability things they did an entire playoff series where it was one one mm-hmm. one 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 like it was i think i don't think it was the best of five i think it was the best of seven and they switched every single time mm-hmm. it's a great rivalry isn't it fun yeah. games great atmosphere yeah there's always yeah good crowds too in san diego and ontario for those games they're so close so both fan both both fan bases like fill the rinks up so and you play each other so often it's just a natural rivalry yeah yeah. You're you're going to get underneath each other's skin after yeah. a while and then you get to a playoff series. Mm-hmm. That's where the real fun starts. Yeah. What's it like playing in San Diego too? Cuz that's a pretty major market that doesn't have what uh the Padres are the only major league team that they have left now at this point. Yeah, so I, I feel like left. they have to have a, a crazy atmosphere for their hockey games as a result. Yeah, I think they even have like a television deal down there where they all their home A lot of the are, games are yeah. televised. Um no, it's a it's definitely a cool atmosphere. It's an old rink. But, uh, yeah, it's a really cool atmosphere. They usually sell it out. Is it an old rink? How old is that barn? 
I don't know, but feels old when you're in there. <laughs> they, they haven't gussied just, it up at all? It's a dark dungeon in there. A dark dungeon yeah. out in San Diego. Mm-hmm. What were the facilities like in Plymouth whenever you were playing junior hockey? Because i got to ask you about uh, your junior days because you were playing for Mike Bellucci. Yeah, they were, uh, they were They were good. They were a good facility there. Yeah? yeah? Mm-hmm. It's the U.S. program team, I believe, now. Precisely. Exactly. Because I was going to say, the Whalers, not around anymore. R.I.P. God bless their souls. Mm-hmm. They now, they're now the Flint Firebirds. That's mm-hmm. because the U.S. National Team Development Program wanted to, to move into Plymouth, and they since have. But um, I know you played for Mike whenever yeah. you were playing junior hockey and things like that. Now Mike wanted to bring you back in, reels you in. I want to ask you, with those, those years separated in between, how much has Mike Vellucci changed, and how much is Mike Vellucci exactly the same for you? Remember him in junior? Yeah. Well, my f- my first year, he wasn't the he was the GM, and then right. he came back and took over coach. Um, I guess when when you're a coach in junior, you're kind of also like uh, like the warden, like because everyone's still in high school and stuff, and you're kind of young and yes. immature. So he's and you're living with, at like billet housing and stuff. So yeah. in that sense, he was. Uh, I don't know, a little more fatherly. Okay, yeah. But uh, any ch- at that age, any chance you can find to try and get away with something, you're gonna try, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Yeah, like you're still calling him for curfew and stuff. But um, no, I think he still uh, has the same kind of coaches the same way, um, the same way like a uh, players coach. Like you know, um, I don't think that's changed very much. Uh, just I guess is you kind of see more of his personality now that he's with uh, older guys and now that you're in pro, so. Versus being a, I don't want to say totalitarian ruler, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he can take his foot off the gas a little bit because he doesn't have to worry about babysitting a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you say, uh, you, you refer to him as a, as a player's coach, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times when people start talking about coaches or like, what about this coach? What about that coach? They, they get trained sometimes into thinking of coaches in only one of two ways, yeah. either uh, you know, a hard ass who rules with an iron fist or a player's coach who's just a total softy. Yeah. That's how people are programmed to think, yeah. but there's so much nuance in between. It's not always black and white. So when you say Mike is a, a player's coach, given that you've experienced him as a young player and now as a, a veteran pro, yeah. uh, what do you actually mean by player's coach? Um, well, he definitely, like, he kind of asserts himself as, like, he's a man like you – he kind of puts those, uh, I don't know, um, sets the tone with, with how things are going to be. So he's not a like, total softy. Like, you're not going right. to get away with things. Yeah. Um, There's what, an expectation, what, and he lays that out. What I mean clear. by a player, like, he well, he, he was a player, so he kind of understands when guy, some of the guys are tired and uh, need a break, or maybe some guys, if you just keep harping on harping, maybe just lay back a little and just things like that. He's uh, He's personable, I guess, is what is a better way to put it. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. So, like, people always get trained into thinking in these one of two ways. The guy's either a total jerk, uh, rules with an iron fist, or he's the player's coach. And a lot of people don't understand the nuance in between. They're just basically trained at this point to think one of the two ways. And there's so much space in between Mm -hmm. that I thought it would be nice to kind of clear it up there. (laughs) Yeah. So what else is good? Uh, coming out here to, to northeastern Pennsylvania, your your first season with the team, how's the, the adjustment been and all that stuff? It's been good. Yeah, uh, yeah the facilities are awesome. The uh, the crowds are starting to fill up pretty good. And, and that uh, always happens in the second half of the season because yeah. the first half of the year you're always fighting with, like, high school football 
and then the weather. People, you know, like to come up with with reasons not yeah. to come. <laughs> That's up to them. But now when it when it starts to be the springtime and things like that, the building starts filling up. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you firsthand, you were talking about how fun it is playing in those atmospheres in Ontario and San Diego whenever those teams are going head-to-head. Yeah. You're going to see some of these Friday, Saturday nights coming up. Yeah. When this building gets rocking, it's an awesome place. Yeah. Now that we, yeah, the last game with her, she was pretty good. And, uh, we, I already know the rival we have with Lehigh. So, uh, but yeah, both those are they're already fun atmospheres to play in. Yeah, and there's even going to be games where it's not even going to be like Lehigh and Hershey. There's, I know, a, a Friday game against Cleveland. There's a Saturday game against Rochester. Non-divisional games. People are just going to come out. They're going to fill that barn. And yeah. I always say, the this is just from my personal experience, and I'm sort of not paying attention because I'm kind of calling the game as it happens. When the first goal goes in, and then if it's a close game in the third period and someone scores, mm-hmm. the first goal, and we'll say the last goal if it's a close game, it you can almost feel the building shake. It gets pretty it, – it's fun, especially in playoffs too. You get to that point. Yeah. First round's always tough. Every team in the entire AHL sort of goes through that, trying mm-hmm. to sell for the first round because it's such short notice. You have to play those midweek games. Once you get past that first round, once again, that building is absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. And there are people that – um, come in from out of town mm-hmm. um, that aren't necessarily uh, northeastern Pennsylvania natives. They're not Penguin season ticket holders or something like that. They'll come to see a game, and they'll actually tell me, they're like, this place was a lot of fun. This isn't what I was expecting for a, quote, minor league building or something like that. I Electric. think they think, yeah, they think it's just going to be like 3,000 seats or something like that, and, you know, I don't know, a couple kids running around not really paying attention to the game, when it's especially in this latter half of the season in playoffs. Electric is a good way to put it. Which is pretty good, too, when you're uh, like chasing down playoffs. It's nice to have exactly. atmospheres like that. Yeah, so you've, you've played for a long time. Does it actually make a difference in, in what's going on on the ice whenever you're playing in a in a electric atmosphere, if you will, versus a completely empty building if they didn't sell tickets to the game? And oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If, there's, if it's sold out, you can definitely – It's. I mean, I don't want to say it's easier to get up for them, but it's hard to get up for when there's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember we used to play in uh, San Jose – in an afternoon game and there might be a hundred people or half the people or your it can your be family. tough it can be tough yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's hard it's hard to when there's yeah you can you can hear everyone on the ice it's like a it's like a men's league game you can hear everyone's everyone speaking all the players and stuff so it's nice when you have a sold out crowd and they're uh yeah they're all barking for every every call every every uh so, someone stuff, just so. falls yeah, over in the whole place oh my god come on yeah. No call the ref makes is a good call. Not a single one, <laughs> unless it goes in your favor. It it's just like favor, yeah. that guy knows the rules. Mm-hmm. Good for he. That is a good enforcement of the rule book, sir. <laughs> well done, well done. It's exactly how it goes. Yeah. There are games sometimes where you'll have like six power plays, and then the other team gets one, and the whole place goes ballistic. Yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> they're against us. The referees yeah. are against us. Yeah. Oh, it's so much You're fun. You're calling the score. You're something. calling the score. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Which eh, Or Arab is going the other way. It's like, call the score. That's, yeah, it, it. that's, that's my, fa- my favorite one is, you're going to call that now? It's like, well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's against the rules. He's going to call it now. That's my favorite one. I'd be like pulling me over when like, I'm, I'm hungry or something. You're going to pull me you're, over now? You're it's dinner pull time. Yeah, come on. I am hungry, sir. <laughs> I have an emergency. I need to go home. Yeah. Wink, wink. I have an emergency. You're going to pull me over now? It's like, no, you were still going 90 miles an hour, dude. <laughs> you said before, um, joking around, you know, those those lightly attended games where there's no one there except for your family. Mm-hmm. How often does your family actually get to come out and actually see you play? 
I think they're oh that the, the dad's trip and then they're planning on coming out um I think in March sometime but they I have a, another brother who plays right football out in uh British Columbia so they they, they went and saw him wait no wait this year. I said right I actually don't think I knew that you have a brother who plays football? Yeah, like, out in uh, British Columbia. So I think they went out and saw him this year, earlier in the year, and then they're gonna. Er, so they made that trip, and now they're gonna make the trip down to Pennsylvania in March. University or CFL? University. University. Yeah, yeah. What school? UBC. What position do you play? Tight end. Rapid fire here. Is he yeah. good? What's that? Is he good? I haven't seen him play. Really? Yeah. So I just go off his word. So he's good. <laughs> yeah, my brother's sick. <laughs> <laughs> So they have to kind of go back and forth there. They're sort of ping-ponging back and forth because BC, as we know, way out there on yeah. the, the the West Coast. And here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I guess you could only be further if you were playing down in, like, Florida or something like that. That would yeah. be the only way to make it worse. Yeah, yeah. You're a little closer to home base, though. Yeah. So last year they uh, when they went to go watch uh, him play, they, they drove out from Toronto to BC and then drove down to me in, uh, in L.A. They drove? They drove, yeah. How long is that drive? Mm, I think it's like five days to BC and then three days down. So I don't seven, I don't think days. Yeah, I don't think people realize how long California is sometimes. Yeah. Because most of the things you hear about in California are so centralized in the southern part. Yeah. LA, San Diego. And then you think that like San Francisco is the most north, but they don't realize from San Francisco up. Is a long ways. Yeah, is that's a long ways, yeah. and then even in between San Fran and and L.A., it's, it's that's uh, eight hours. That's eight hours to get there. So you're talking going all the way up to British Columbia, mm-hmm. down to L.A. That's a coastal drive. Yeah, that's a nice drive though. I bet it. I bet it's very scenic and yeah. beautiful, and a lot of good places to stop in between. But that is a tall, tall order. Yeah. I'm trying to think the longest I've ever actually driven, and it is not that long. <laughs> the dri- I did the drive from California straight across to Toronto. That's about You've 45 hours. Toronto to California? Yeah. Why did you do that? <laughs> and uh, my car was out there, end of the season. And you were just like, I don't want to. I don't want that to ship it or anything. I yeah. Just, yeah. Drove right across all the flyover states. So tell me about your experience with this basically cross-country trip. Yeah. Uh, did you do it by yourself, or was there someone in the car with you? No, I did it with uh, my girlfriend. We drove, so we drove. We hit all. We could have a couple of national parks. Okay. So we hit uh, Zion. I'm pretty sure. We've done Death Valley. Oh, what's the other one? Another park. There. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all just glorified walks at the end of it. Glorified walks. Hike. That's your takeaway yeah. from seeing all these national parks. <laughs> did it did it get less impressive with every single one? Like the first one, you're like, oh, wow. The second one, like, cool. And then the third one, like, ah, whatever. Or when you were actually there, was it more like you're taking it all in? Yeah, you're taking it. They, they are kind of – they're pretty impressive. Big there. <laughs> um, no, they are definitely they're, – they're definitely cool to do. They're – you always see this in in movies and TV shows when people go on long road trips and things like that, especially to these uh, the flyover states, if you will, when there's a lot of space between yeah. uh, hubs and things like that. On the side of the road, it'll be like world's largest ball of yarn, <laughs> or like world's only all alligator mini golf park, or something like that. Did you make any weird stops where you were driving through and you're like, we got to check that out? Yeah, no, I don't think we we saw that. What well, we did. So those places were cool to drive through, and then when we got to Utah, 
like the salt flats mm-hmm. those are cool and then once you get to like wyoming and all those we were playing a game where you, uh every time you see like a deer sign you, you shoot the deer sign so it's a point but then we got to there was i don't know what they were i think they were farming like elk or something or some kind farming of elk. some kind of horned deer Okay. But there was thousands of these things for miles and miles, and then we're just there's just too many of them. These were not deer. These were like some other horned creature. Yeah, I don't know what they were, but they were far- they must have been farming them because there was thousands of these things on the side of the road driving through driving through Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. The Wyoming elk farm, <laughs> notoriously. <laughs> but that's one of the things I remember being like uh, being a kid. Whenever yeah. you're in long drives, and mind you, we were never in the car long enough to go from Toronto to L.A. or, yeah. or vice versa. But um, you find those little games to, like, pass the time and things like that. And those were the most fun you could ever possibly – they were so stupid and simple, but we had the most fun with them. One of them that we played was was Fire Hydrant. Oh, no. We we completely made it up. Whenever you see a Fire Hydrant. But it became so – within three Fire Hydrants – it would become super competitive. Yeah. Me and my two sisters would be in the back of the car, and we're trying to look around our parents, trying to see them, and just you just scream, fire hydrant, fire hydrant. I saw it first. I saw it first. You're just all yelling at the same time. But then my parents started getting into it, and because they're at the front of the car, my dad always won yeah. and just <laughs> put us in our place. And then uh, there's always those signs that say, like, when you're driving along, don't pick up hitchhikers. Cause they, they actually have signs that pr- say. Because they'll be prisoners. Oh, so I'm a big prison junkie. So every time I saw one of those signs, I'd have to hop on Google and see what, see if it's the pri- like it's a prison I've watched on like a documentary, a or documentary something. or yeah. something like that. Because they usually put them like pretty not too far off the highway. Because like, you're driving to the middle of nowhere, so there you can usually see them in the distance. So you were telling me before we actually hopped on air that uh, your content consumption, you listen to a lot of podcasts, and yeah. you were telling me you do listen to like prison podcasts and things like that. That's your big kick yeah. right now. Why are you, Why the fascination with the American judicial, judicial system? system? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just it just blows my mind that they they <laughs> they live in like a completely different uh, society almost. It, like, it it's is. Like, it's society it's, within a society. Within a society, yeah. And it just, yeah, it just kind of blows my mind that that's how they spend, some of them spend like their entire life That's from like 20 to the day they go it just blows my mind that you get institutionalized and then there are people that come out and they don't know what to do with themselves yeah i know and there's there was a ton of them in california and a lot of the documentaries are on the ones in california so i don't know just they just kind of it just kind of blows my mind like it's just a whole different world out there they have their own rules what's like the wackiest story you've heard that we can actually tell on this podcast um i went through one when i was listening through a bunch a bunch of the the escapes Oh, okay. Like guys like breaking out. Yeah. So they have. Yeah. So one guy, I think he, uh, he's in that the the one in Colorado. We drove by that one too. It's like the Federal F eighty X or something. It's where they keep like the Boston bomber and stuff. I'll take your word for it. But it's, uh, a, it's a legit. Prison. This this one, he mailed himself out of prison. So he was working the mailroom at the one of the prisons, and he put himself in a parcel and mailed his own body out. My of My jaw is dropped right now. Yeah. Were they not like? And he'd like done. An, I think he he like scaled a fence before, so he'd been on watch. But yeah, he he was working in the mailroom and mailed himself out of the prison. Was no one else like batting an eye when this package weighed <laughs> yeah. like two hundred and twenty pounds? Yeah, I have no idea. I guess they must have just put all the because there's so many people in the prison. They must have like on a a skid or something and. That's how he got out. I'm trying to think. He would have to be like a small dude, too, because 
Yeah. It's not going to be a roomy box. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is also something out of like a a network sitcom or something like that. They try and mail themselves out of prison, but they forget to like poke air holes or something. <laughs> I think he he actually was out for a while too, and like I think he got to Canada and he was in like the Maritimes. But yeah, he was out for a while. And because now, he mailed himself in, out of prison. Mailed, yeah, it was like his second or third escape though. Where's your destination? If you had to mail yourself out of prison, where are you sending yourself to? <laughs> Uh, do you go small and just pick the post office that's right next door to the prison, or do you go big and just be like, just send me to Bermuda? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I don't think I'd go international. I think I have to stay within state and then figure it out from there. Because I, th- I, f- I feel like they'd uh, figure it. They, they they'd d- figure out the massive package <laughs> at that point. Yeah, exactly. It keeps moving around. Yeah, because you can't go too far because you probably got to eat. Not, Maybe you not pack well. some snacks. Yeah, three depends how good the postal service is because you only go three days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm trying to think of the snacks I would pack if I had to mail myself out of prison. <laughs> Get like some Lay's, yeah, some some Ho Hos or something like that. Whatever they got in that, yeah, commissary they call. What, whatever they have, you honey just buns. slide it in. Honey buns. Yeah, that's there a big go. thing in prison. The honey buns. Honey buns. Is there like they they have honey buns available, or there's like a trading network of honey buns? Yeah, that's the currency in prison. Is all the like currency that. is honey buns. It's not honey buns. I think oh. coffee's the one. Coffee or cigarettes are the big currency, but they do trade. Like they buy it with with that so it's like the lunch table in elementary school yeah. but way oh, more intense pack? yeah got a snack pack <laughs> you got some lunchables over there <laughs> but now it's like a dude who's like six foot four yeah. and is in prison for stealing my snack pack yeah he's stealing my snack sure you can have it yeah you don't even have to give me anything back <laughs> i wouldn't do very well in prison <laughs> i have no snack packs <laughs> I wouldn't have a snack pack. I would have absolutely zero <laughs> snack packs available. Uh, well, with our prison talk behind us, I will actually continue the conversation about food here. Uh, Jamie, this is something we like to do on the podcast, a recurring segment, if you will, where we have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. So they don't know who they're asking this question to. It can be about anything in the world. We actually encourage it to not be about hockey, but it's a completely wide-open, blind question, and it is at this time that we'll avert our attention to said question. Jamie, are you ready for me to pop the question? (laughs) Yeah, sure. All right, let's go, buddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jamie DeVant, what are two things that you can never eat for breakfast? What are two things that you can never eat for breakfast? Uh, I would say pasta, but I have to eat that for breakfast sometimes because of our, the time of our games. The after time the of the games, <laughs> yeah, like when you have a, an afternoon game. or yeah. Have you had to do any of the morning games? Like the like we've had to do like 10.30 a.m. games, like school day games. games. Yeah. How do you feel about those? What are your thoughts as a player? I have my thoughts as the broadcaster. Um, yeah, I just have to make sure I wake up earlier, earlier or else I'm groggy for that one. But uh, I don't mind them. Usually they're a school game. School games are kind of fun because it's just kids screaming for three, electric three atmosphere. <laughs> Regardless of the score, what's going on, they're, they're yeah. screaming. The energy level is sustained. They've been given many honey buns to keep <laughs> yeah. up that level of intensity. I, think what I couldn't eat for breakfast. Two things that you could never eat for breakfast. Hmm. I feel like, yeah, like lasagna or something. Some kind of Like, like a, a dinner, real heavy, heavy like, pasta. Heavy, like, yes, like a heavy meal like that. Yeah, because sometimes you can do like a heavy breakfast. Like you go somewhere that just has a big cheesy omelet or something like that, but it feels different than if we were doing like a meat-based lasagna. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't wake up, roll out of bed, and then just get a bunch of lasagna. Yeah. What else can I eat? Like a shepherd's pie or something. I couldn't eat that in Super the heavy? Yeah. 
what desserts could you eat for breakfast? Donuts. Don't well, oh, donut. I guess is a dessert. Mm-hmm. Donut. I feel like a donut is a dessert with better PR <laughs> than like ice cream or cake. Yeah, I feel like pancakes are a dessert. They're the same too. exact thing. It's pancakes, a, waffles. Yeah, they just have better PR. Yeah, they just have, have most breakfast foods are just dessert. Yeah, you could say the same thing about most like sugary cereals, like Lucky Charms. It's like yeah. it's like frost. marshmallows and yeah, exactly. That's dessert. <laughs> That's not breakfast. Yeah, or like toaster strudels. That's dessert. It's too. dessert. Just because you put toaster, it's still a strudel. You put you put it in the toaster, therefore it is breakfast. Because I put toast in my toaster and yeah. I eat that for breakfast. Do you put toast in your toaster? Uh, I guess you're right. Okay, okay. <laughs> put bread in the toaster. It comes. Out. You, you you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. What else is there? Two uh, things that you can't eat for breakfast. Yeah, meatloaf and. Uh, Lasagna. Couldn't eat those. Couldn't eat. I could eat meatloaf for breakfast. Could you? Yeah. Lasagna, I'm I'm backing out on. I'm I'm right there with you. Or I'd say like barbecue food too. I couldn't eat for breakfast like ribs or uh, oh. like brisket. I couldn't eat that. See, I'm a big barbecue guy. We've discussed this on the podcast before. Huge barbecue guy. Yeah. But could I you eat it for breakfast? I don't know if I could do that. I'd like roll out of bed. You sort of go to the Have kitchen. Have a cup of coffee and tea or something like that. And then you just like. and barbecue meat for you. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. Because it's so heavy that like whenever I eat, when I get good barbecue, I like to go all in. I don't like to just have a little nibble. Mm-hmm. I like to go all in. But then I'm also prepared for a nap afterwards. I can't wake <laughs> up and then go back to sleep. I think sushi would be tough in the morning as well. I wouldn't mind fish. I don't no? mind fish. Like you get a little bit of salmon with your eggs or something like that. Like lox. Yeah. Or lobster. Have you ever done like lobster with breakfast? Like no. A lobby omelet? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Did you go get barbecue when we were in Austin? Oh, dude. I was crushing barbecue that entire yeah. trip. They have good stuff there. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. That's specifically when we were talking about it on the oh, podcast yes. when, we, when we were in Texas. Oh, okay. And ju- there were some spots, specifically in San Antonio, where my palate, if you will, my palate was, was blown. Oh, so good. <laughs> I went to the same place twice because it was like that place was so good. Oh, really? I'm just going to go back again. Yeah, I'm, I don't need to see what else your city offers. <laughs> that is my spot right there. <laughs> Smoke Shack. Guy Fieri was there, so you know oh, it's good. Oh, so you know it's good. So you know it's good. So you know it's good. Yeah, exactly. But so we've, what you say, lasagna, meatloaf, barbecue? Sushi. Sushi. I don't think I could do sushi in the morning. Yeah. I'm with you on lasagna. I will probably also pick barbecue, especially because I love barbecue. Don't think I could do it straight away in the morning. What about like a spicy Indian dish in the morning? That'd be tough. Maybe. I don't know. Like nice I'm thick, a spicy boy. I like spicy. Like th- thick curry in the morning? I don't think I could do that. The more I think of it, there's a lot of things I can't eat in the morning. That you, that you just can't <laughs> eat for breakfast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yet we've been trained, we've been fooled into having dessert it's for breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like warm, warm pancakes, what do they call them? Panc- warm blankets. Pancakes with syrup and chocolate chips and yeah, sugar whipped sauce. cream, donuts. We yeah. got we to gotta restructure the, the breakfast paradigm here. <laughs> this is what we're teaching our children, yeah, Jamie. I know. Dessert is okay for breakfast. <laughs> But actually, this question that was given to us by our previous episode's guest, this is one of the the few times where the question that was left actually has a correct answer. Oh, really? Yeah. I intentionally did not tell you this. That's actually a riddle. What was the question again? What are the two things you can't have for breakfast, that you can't eat for breakfast? And We were so close. You were so close to figuring it out. Really? Unintentionally. Two things you can't have for breakfast. I don't know. 
Oh, lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner you got there at the last second. You can't <laughs> have lunch and dinner for breakfast. Oh, who left that riddle? I um would actually, if you'd like to know, I would encourage you to go back to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins SoundCloud and <laughs> iTunes, the archives of the Penguins podcast. Throw that in my podcast yeah. loop. Yeah, throw that in your loop, buddy. Go, go back and you can get some. You probably get some dirt on a couple of your teammates for some good chirps and things like that, <laughs> sprinkled throughout the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But with that in mind, actually, it is now time for perhaps your teammates to get the upper hand on you. You were almost fooled by the riddle, but this is a little bit something different. This is where I ask some of your teammates to flex their creative muscle, and now you get to try and turn on your BS meter and try and call them out on it. Uh, Jamie, this is another game that we like to play on the Penguins podcast. This is called Lights, Camera, Fiction. Lights, Camera, Fiction. All right, Jamie, the listeners of our podcast already know this, but I might as well explain it to you at this point, is that I am a huge fan of bad movies. I love terrible movies. Some of them, they're so bad, they're good. Some of them, I just hate myself afterwards. But I can't get enough of bad movies. So I've decided to take my love for bad movies, turn it into a little segment on this podcast here on Lights, Camera, Fiction. What I did is I gave a bunch of bad movies to your teammates. Gave them just the name of the movie, the title, and the year it came out. And they made up their own plot to these movies. I am going to read you two plots to eight movies. One of them is real, and the other one is made up by your teammate. These are all real movies, but you have to tell me which one is real and which one is some BS that your teammate is going to try and get one over on you. Okay. Do you follow me here? I guess. Oh, hold on. I'll read oh. the cards. I will read the cards, sir. <laughs> Put those hands back in your pocket. But now let's play Lights, Camera, Fiction. Right out of the gate here, this first movie is called The Chase. And this came out in 1994. The Chase. First plot. After escaping from prison, a man makes a break for Mexico by stealing a car and holding its owner hostage. It turns out that his captive is the daughter of a wealthy businessman who makes sure the police will stop at nothing to get her back. The Chase. Or, a degenerate gambler loses everything, but before his wife can find out, he works for a number of eccentric loan sharks to earn his money back. The Chase. Jamie, which one of those two plots is the real movie? Mm, I go with the degenerate gambler. Degenerate gambler is the real movie. Why do you say that? No reason. No you just reason. feel like that's that's the real one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Jamie Devan, you are incorrect. First one, you have been fooled by Matt Apt. Oh. He's the one who came up with Degenerate Gambler, the <laughs> movie actually about escaping from prison. Oh, Seems really? like it'd be right up your alley. Yeah, that is the real that movie. Uh, What's-his-face was in that? That's not very helpful when I describe <laughs> him that way. Who is Tiger Blood Guy? I'm a warlock. Oh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. The Chase, that's the one right there. Let's see. If, now that you've got a, an idea of what the heck's yeah. going on here, let's move on now to another movie, this one called Eight-Legged Freaks. This movie came out in 2002, early 2000s. First plot. In this family-friendly cartoon, a family of spiders comes together after the tragic death of their grandfather. Eight-Legged Freaks. Or... 
the citizens of a mining town must fight off an invasion of giant spiders brought on by a nearby chemical spill. Eight-legged freaks. Which one is real? I'm going to go with the first one. The family-friendly cartoon about the family of spiders and the tragic death of their grandfather. Yeah. Any reason why? I just don't think someone would have came up with the, the depressing the, grandfather the, the, death. The family-friendly cartoon about the depressing death of the grandfather. <laughs> well, now in our second card of Lights, Camera, Fiction, in the case of Eight-Legged Freaks, Jamie Devan, you are 0 for 2, my friend. <laughs> really? Yes. Who Turns out one of your one? teammates did come up with that. That was Ryan Scarfo, <laughs> the doctor. Fools you with the, with the cartoon, the family-friendly spider cartoon, <laughs> Eight-Legged Freaks, the real movie, Citizens of a Mining Town Must Fight Off an Invasion of Giant Spiders. Yeah, we'll mount a comeback here. All right, that, there's always time. We still have plenty of time left, and we'll see if you can begin your comeback here with Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle, one of my favorites from 1986. <laughs> All the movies from the 80s always get a good review from me. Iron Eagle, here we go. First plot. When a jet pilot in the American Armed Forces is shot down and taken prisoner, his teenage son must take to the sky and try to save him. Iron Eagle. Or, a family vacation takes a turn for the worse when their log cabin is under attack from Native Americans. Their only hope to survive is if a nearby eagle can help. Iron I'm Eagle. i the first one. I have to ask why. Iron Eagle. I feel like that's uh, like a, a plane. plane. Yeah. There you go. All right. So well, maybe one of your teammates thought the same exact thing. Well, maybe. Well, you're going to stick with it? Yeah, I'll stick with it. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you went with your gut, buddy, because you are back in the wind column. <laughs> that is the real that. Iron Eagle. I could see you starting to sweat there. You were like, oh, no, you can't go over three out of the no. gate. But Anthony Angelo came up with the vacationers with the log cabin under attack. The real movie is armed forces playing gets shut down and his son has to take to the sky and try and save him. So here you go. Maybe the, you can start to build some momentum here. Shanghai One and two surprise. so far. This one's called Shanghai Surprise. Yeah. 1986, Shanghai Surprise. First plot. Madonna plays a nun who falls in love with the man helping her smuggle opium to the ill and suffering. <laughs> Shanghai Surprise. <laughs> or Jackie Chan plays a Shanghai police officer who always plays things by the book, or so he thought. After learning his captain and many of his colleagues are dirty cops, he must fight so that true justice can prevail. Shanghai surprise. I'm going to go with the Jackie Chan. You like Jackie Chan. Yeah. Why? I, I feel like they might have done that movie. They might have made that movie? For him, yeah. The cop likes to play things by the book until he finds out everyone around him is dirty. Yeah. Shanghai surprise. Jamie, that is incorrect Ooh. again. John Lazat with the classic Jackie copy Chan. plays things by the book <laughs> Jackie Chan and Shanghai Surprise. No, the real movie is Madonna playing a nun who falls in love with the man who helps her smuggle opium to the ill and suffering. Oh, wow. That is one from the 80s that I uh, will not recommend. You can definitely <laughs> skip Shanghai Surprise. Not good? Uh, no, that's a hard pass on that one. <laughs> that's a hard pass. But now we have the 90s with Double Dragon. Double Dragon. There's no Jackie Chan in this one to try and fool you. No actors have been assigned in these ones. But this is Double Dragon. It came out in 1994. And the first plot is as follows. Two teenage brothers must protect an ancient magic medallion from falling into the wrong hands. Simple enough. Double Dragon. 
Twin dragons, Aragon and Tesla, both fall in love with a beautiful princess. But as their sibling rivalry grows more intense, one becomes determined to kidnap the princess while the other vows to protect her from harm. I wrote the first one. Double dragon. You were pretty quick on that one, too. You, yeah. you had decided pretty much before I was even done reading the other one. <laughs> so you're going to stick with the first one. Two yeah, brothers must protect an like ancient magic medallion names. from falling into the wrong hands. You are correct, sir. There you go. Another win for Jamie Devan. Uh, Cole Castles came Aragon up with Twin Tesla. Dragons, Aragon, and Tesla, <laughs> who are vying over the same love of a princess. So Cole Castles cannot get one up on you. So what? We're two and three now through five. Yeah. Well, we got three left here. All right. So still a chance to finish over 500. Yeah. It's a long game here, Lights, Camera, Fiction. You can never count anyone out. Let's see how we do with On the Line. On the Line. Are you ready? Yeah. First plot. When a man meets the girl of his dreams on the subway but forgets to get her number, he puts posters all over Chicago in hopes of finding her. This movie features new music from NSYNC. <laughs> On the line. Second plot. Two childhood friends face off as captains of their teams in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. Accomplishing their dreams and the future of their friendship are on the line. First one. First one. On the line featuring new music from NSYNC. Not one yet. You going to stick with it? Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that one wasn't too difficult. No. You, the the hockey guy came up with the hockey plot. Yeah. Uh, that was a little too transparent. Right yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Well, yeah, the real movie is a uh, guy meets the girl on the subway, forgets to get her number, features new music from NSYNC. Uh, we had a double dip here. Ryan Scaffo, the Scops. doctor, got you the first time. Couldn't fool you when two childhood <laughs> friends face off as captains in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. So now we're back to 500, my friend. There we go. Three and three with two, two cards left. And this one... This is a doozy right here. Drive angry. Drive angry. One could make the case that this is the movie that started it all for me. Yeah. This is the movie that made me love bad movies. Bad movies. I remember going to see this in theaters with my buddies in 2011. Drive angry. First plot. A Formula One driver who, after being overlooked by sponsors and competitors for too long, snaps and starts intentionally causing wrecks in every major race. Drive angry. <laughs> or, Nicolas Cage comes back from the dead and engages in a cross-country chase to save his granddaughter from being sacrificed to a satanic cult. Drive angry. I, I think the first one. You think the first one? The yeah. Formula One driver who snaps and starts intentionally causing wrecks. I feel like I would know if Nicolas Cage was in this movie. Mm. Are you a big Cage fan? I mean, who isn't? Yeah. What's the, I just think of the one with his hair blowing. What's that one? Con Air. Con Air. There we go. He is, he is flowing manes yeah. in many movies, but I, I Con Air is the, the famous. He's the famous one. Oh, I'll yeah. go with the first one. You go with the first one. Jamie Devan, you are incorrect. Oh. Justin Almeida, back at the start of the season, gave us that Formula One plot to drive angry, took the title very seriously. <laughs> the real movie. Nicholas Cage comes back from the dead and engages in a cross-country chase to save his granddaughter from a satanic cult. <laughs> and that might be the best movie ever made. Yeah. Ever made in human history. I'll have to put on the list. Oh, definitely. You're going to want everyone out there. Add it to the list. Add to Q. <laughs> Alexa, put Drive Angry in my watch list. 
You're welcome, folks. People are going to hate me. <laughs> but there is one movie left here in Lights, Camera, Fiction. The grand finale is not Drive Angry. The grand finale today is The Wizard from 1989. A chance to pull even here or enter the, the Hall of Shame. <laughs> Those that have <laughs> lost the game, if you will. Are you up to the task? Yeah. Can you feel the pressure? Nice. Is it mounting? It's mounting. It's mounting. Well, let's not make you wait anymore. I need not let the anxiety build. Let's jump into The Wizard from 1989. First plot. This comedy follows a Florida man who, under the influence of psychedelic drugs, spends the day chasing his ex-wife thinking that she's a wizard. <laughs> the Wizard. Or... A boy and his brother run away from home and hitchhike across the country so that they can compete in the ultimate Nintendo video game championship. The Wizard. So while you think it over, we have Florida Man. I have to go with the first one because the second one doesn't it doesn't sound like it fits the title. Once again, Florida Man, under the influence of drugs, spends the day chasing his wife <laughs> thinking she's a wizard. Florida Man. It's got to be a Florida Man. It's got to be a Florida Man. Florida Man, everyone's favorite superhero. Or... Boy and his brother run away from home, hitchhike across the country, compete in the ultimate Nintendo video game championship. You said the first one. I, now that now that you said Florida Man, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go with the second oh, one. Oh, Florida Man has has shifted your opinion. Yeah. So you're gonna pick the second one. Yeah. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Final answer. Boy and his brother hitchhike across the country so they can play in a video game championship. Jamie Devant, with everything riding on this answer. You switched at the last second. Yeah. And because of that switch, you are correct. Oh. That is the real movie, The Wizard. A great movie, by the way. Not as good as Drive Angry, but still pretty good. Uh, Florida man, under the influence of psychedelic drugs, spends the day chasing his ex-wife. That was Kevin Churchman. <laughs> and he <laughs> almost had you. Almost, it's the Florida man that got me. <laughs> the Florida man. He almost had you. Yeah. However... You switch your answer at the last second, and you finish 500. You need not go into the Hall of Shame, my friend. Perfect. You're A-OK. -okay. You're safe. <laughs> and that is how we play Lights, Camera, Fiction. Another great round here with Jamie Devan here with me on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. And, Jamie, I have kept you for uh, plenty of time now at this point. But before we officially sign off here on the Penguins podcast, there is one more thing that we always like to do here on the Penguins podcast, and that is a little something called Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Jamie, it is at this time in every podcast where I ask my guest for a recommendation that you can give the fans. It can be something that we already talked about on this episode, something that you've just been really into lately, something you can't get enough of, something that you just want to share with the people. So, Jamie Devan, what is your Penn's pick? Hmm. I'm trying to think of what I've been doing lately. <laughs> uh, I guess that uh, I went to that uh, gun range. What's that gun range up on? Uh, Couldn't tell you. <laughs> You're gonna have to help me out. I'm not a big gun guy either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went. Sh I tried shooting at it. I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty good time to do. Not, Here. not too expensive. The cabin armory. That's what it's called. The cabin armory. Yeah. So you're gonna give them a little, a little pen's a pick. A bump. Yeah. Pen's pick bump. And then. But I thought that was a real good. Uh, I, I went there not too long ago. That was a good time. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Maybe our fans can keep that in mind as well. Oh, also the new season of Kirby Enthusiasm came out, so I've been. That's one of my picks right now. It's a gr it's a great show. Larry David's it's the, the man. It's the best. He is the man. 
Uh, my pen's pick is going to be noise-canceling headphones. Jamie, whenever you're on the bus, so yeah. what do you what do you tend to do? Uh, I like to play at the card table. Uh, you're a cards guy. Yeah, That's cards right. Guy. You are a cards guy. Once I finally finish up my work, I either uh, watch a show or I sit down and listen to my iPod. Yes, I have an old brick iPod. Love yeah. that thing to death. <laughs> that thing's my baby. It has my whole music library on it. But got the, the Beats headphones, right? They yeah. make the, the music experience so much better. It is a dramatic difference from just the little little earbuds yeah. having noise-canceling headphones. But here's the other benefit that I never really uh, considered before. My iPod died our last trip, Jamie. Oh, no. Not not dead dead, just like didn't have enough charge. Yeah, yeah. Forgot to bring the charger with me. So can't listen to my music. I had already put my computer away. Didn't feel like doing anything on my laptop. Kind of to But sleep. I had the headphones on, yeah. And they make a difference just like from drowning out the noise. Yeah. And I just fell asleep yeah, on the we're, bus. We're right behind you I, playing yeah, cards. I wasn't listening to anything. I wasn't, yeah, it was yeah. just. Kind of, kind of hear your ears think. Yeah, well, it's it's not it doesn't even make things it doesn't make things completely silent, but it just drowns it out enough. Is it like a buzz that it creates a like background. I don't have them, so I don't okay, know. Okay, so so actually scientifically, what they actually do is whenever you turn them on, they feed a little bit of white noise through, uh. just a little bit. Where if you're listening to music, you can't hear it. Okay, but if you're actually sitting there with them on, with nothing playing through, and you listen really close, you can actually hear the white noise. Uh. But what that does is that like subconsciously drowns out everything else happening in the background yeah. and i was able to, it was the best sleep i've gotten on the bus in a long time there just sitting there not listening to anything <laughs> so big big pens pick for noise canceling headphones nice sometimes they can be expensive i know that sh- shuns some people away but <laughs> i think they are well worth it well worth it well worth it <laughs> And that'll finally conclude this episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on to talk with oh. me. Really appreciate it. I know it took us a while to make it happen. <laughs> finally, yeah. a fully fledged episode of Jamie Devan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Appreciate it, buddy. Really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you folks listening out there as well. If you like what you heard on today's episode of the Penguins podcast, uh, you know you can always rate us on iTunes. Give us the old five stars if you think we deserve it i'm not going to pander too much you don't have to but you always could tell your friends if you think they'd be into the penguins podcast let them know that you're listening to us and we have fun chats like the one we had today with penguins forward jamie devan we'll be back again in two weeks with another episode of the penguins podcast but until then see you later folks have a good one